episode of Let's Talk Deer, brought to you by Grandpa Ray Outdoors, owned by Mr. John O'Brien. John's a Midwestern guy. He's around the Minnesota, Wisconsin area. He's been an agronomist uh, for over 29 years. So he knows seed, he knows soil, and he knows what white-tailed deer need. John has a large seed company, Grandpa Ray Outdoors, but also he's in educating. He's one of the best educator, seminar, platform speaker, uh, communicator for soil, water, and cover. The soil brings the food, the water hydrates, and the cover keeps them safe. So that's what Whitetail needs. So any questions at all about seed, go to GrandpaRayOutdoors.com. Let's Talk Deer does receive compensation from Grandpa Ray Outdoors for mentioning him on my show. Welcome to another episode of Let's Talk Deer. We're heading out to Oregon this evening and Andy Munson, otherwise known as Mountain Phoenix. And there's something behind that word Mountain Phoenix. And Andy and I have been talking, oh, for like a half an hour. We were on Facebook Live for 10 minutes doing a teaser for this podcast. And now, um, Annie and I have been talking a lot about everything but hunting, and I think that's good. Andy, welcome to the show. Hi, Bruce. How are you? I'm well. I'm well. <laughs> and the more I talk to you, the better I feel, because like you, I got some interesting news, or my wife is going to have to have a spinal fusion. I've been married for 50 years, and, and she's... Oh, wow. She's had issues, let's just say health issues and pain issues, and and so she just came back from the doctor, so they're going to have to fuse her spine, and um, hopefully that will alleviate some of the pain. And then you landed a bombshell on me that um, you got some interesting news today, which we don't have to talk about. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> when, you, when you think about everything that you go through in life, and where mm-hmm. I'm going with this, folks, sometimes, and this is a perfect time to have Andy on because, you know, life has thrown all of us. There's nobody in North America or basically the world that hasn't been affected by the, this pandemic. And forget about politics, forget about the medical part of it. It's just, it's affected us all one way or another. But in talking with Andy, Andy is a single mom with five kids. And life, when it's good, isn't easy for a single mom with five kids. Now we're talking about, you know, pandemic times. But this lady has risen from the ashes. And that's basically what Mountain Phoenix is. And so why don't you share the story about why you called yourself on digital, on social media in the digital world, Mountain Phoenix? Well, um, I had always been drawn to the outdoors as a little girl. My family, you know, we were very poor, so all of their stuff that we did involved fishing. Fishing's cheap, you know. We'd put the little the little wires in to make the worms come out of the ground. I don't know what that is because I just go to Cabela's and get my worms now. But, um, you know, the next morning we'd come out, there'd be worms on the ground and we'd pluck them and we'd go, you know, we'd go fishing. And, um, but I didn't just like to go fishing. I wanted to wander off into the woods. I wanted to be by the trees. I wanted to listen to see what animals were there. And I had a little brother, his name's Lance, and he was the same way. And we would constantly just wander. 
And um, we had, as we grew up and got older and throughout foster care, he got to go through on a few bear hunts and things. And he came back and he told me about these adventures he went on. And I was so excited. And after our adoption, we would spend our summers working on my dad's farm and talking about how one day we're going to go hunting together. And, you know, life happened and I got married and had kids and he went off to college and we still talked about how someday we would have this big adventure together. And um, my little brother ended up getting into some hard times with drugs and became heavily addicted and took his own life on Valentine's of 2015. And when that happened, it was kind of, it felt like, you know, the feather on the top of the acne pile of what I could handle in life. I'd gone through a severe poverty. I had to start work at seven years old to take care of my younger siblings and provide food. Um, we had gone through foster care, horrible foster homes, been adopted. Um, and then that situation being a stressful situation itself, and then getting married and young and having children and a daughter with a rare disability, it was like this big climax was coming, you know, and all of a sudden my brother took his life and I felt like I was going to crumble. And I'm someone that believes that the only time we are going to fall is if we allow ourselves to fall. And I decided that in order to honor him and to honor myself and what I'd always wanted to do, that I would that I would start getting into the outdoors again. I would go exploring and I would prepare myself to honor my brother with an elk hunt. And that's been my focus for the last five years um, since he passed away is um, getting to that point. But when I made an Instagram, it was to go follow hunters that I could learn from and to grow from. And so I started following people, seeing what they did, what products they were using, um, and I created the name The Mountain Phoenix because I am someone that has been constantly burned by life, but I always rise out of the ashes and I rise up stronger than I did before. And I find my peace and my solace in the mountains. So it only makes sense to me. You know, I view myself as somebody that is an overcomer, that's a mountain climber that rises from the ashes. Um, and that's how I get through life. And that's how I believe everyone can get through life. Thank you for sharing that. Um, who are some of the people? Now, I know you have a lot of Facebook followers, but we're going to have to pick one or two. Let's use the same we used on Facebook Live. So who, yeah. who has helped you um, become a hunter? Well, I would say, and I mentioned this on Facebook Live, and I apologize in advance for anyone listening. I love all of it's my, my friends that I it's follow my on fault. social media. Blame Bruce. Um, blame Bruce. But so I do, female-wise, Jessica Byers from um, Follow Her Arrow, um, I just appreciated that she was respectful, that she was ethical, that she was not afraid to show weakness and strength. Um, I was a little bit thrown off when I joined the social media life to see how many, um, how many women were extra, I guess you could say. And didn't really seem to have a lot to do with hunting, but, you know, they were special. So, anyway, I, I was like, man, is this what hunting is like for women? Do I have to wear a bikini and, and strap a gun across my body to get help, you know? And so, when I found Jessica, I was so excited to find this down-home southern girl who was just out there making it work. And she's been a huge inspiration to me, and I follow her. In fact, 
she did this super sweet thing for my daughter's birthday last May. Um, she sent my daughter a video for her birthday, and before she showed anybody else the bear that she tagged on out on last spring, she sent a picture of it to my daughter on Instagram. So she's definitely someone that's a, you know a, a, comes from a special stock, I believe. Um, and then my friend Chris, Chris Applegate, um, is on so Instagram as well. We met a couple of years ago. And he's just been somebody that's pushed me outside my comfort zone. He's not afraid to tell me how it is. Um, when I expressed him about my elk hunt, he sent me a bunch of elk calls and videos and told me, you know, which ones to use and to start practicing. And um, I know we've talked about at some point in time him coming on this elk hunt with me and helping make it happen. Um, I've been eating tag soup and solo hunting for the last four years. So, <laughs> um it's been it's been an adventure, but yeah, I'd have to say I have a lot of people that inspire me and that I admire, but those two have been extremely impactful for me. Now you're in Oregon and you go up to the Nez Perce or Pierce, and there's well, woods I, up there. I I'm in Idaho, but yeah, Idaho, pardon. Where I hunt, yes, where I do hunt is Nez Perce National Forest, and and that's why I hunt it. Is because it's challenging and it pushes me and it's oh by golly Bruce I have to tell you two seasons ago um, I went up over this ridge and I had spotted a, a little spike over uh, across the way and so I thought I'm gonna try to call him in and then I'm calling I'm calling I'm calling and all of a sudden I hear this like yelp howl thing come off to the left of me and then something, and then another wolf responded down the middle, and then another wolf responded down the right-hand side. And I realized what was happening, but I was curious to see if they were coming my direction, so I kept cow-calling. And again, the howling bark, howling bark, howling bark, and it was getting closer and closer and closer until I swear they were just like maybe half a mile out for me, and then they got quiet, and my heart started to race because I thought to myself, they think I'm dinner. <laughs> I took off running. I was so scared because I, they started barking at this point, and I could hear that they were close. So I took off running down the mountainside. I've never hauled but faster in my life to my truck. I got to my truck. Well, the fanny pack on the front of my, my little pack I was using had opened up, and my keys had fallen out. So I had to turn back and run towards the wolves. <laughs> and I was just praying. I was like, Lord, don't let this be the way I die. <laughs> and um, luckily, my keys had just barely fallen out, of, you know, not even 20, 30 feet away from my truck. I, so exhilarating and so fun. But that's what I live for. I live for a little bit of edge and um, That was a lot of excitement. edge. And that was a now, lot of edge. Now, do you pack? Yeah. Were you carrying? Were you carrying a you know 45? At, at, at the time, at the time, no, I was not. And oh, please, and I got please carry. And I, please. Yeah, you should always carry, please. folks. Don't. That was that was a rookie move right there that I pulled. But um, so now I take a wolf tag, and I'm carry. <laughs> yeah, please, because you were actually, <laughs> you know, you were calling in the wolves. And you I, were, I was, you were, you were and lunch. I knew what I was or, doing, but it was dinner. exciting. Yeah. Well, it was, but 
you know, it, it definitely edgy, and that's why people, you gotta, be, you gotta <laughs> yeah. be smart. Well, I'll tell you this, Bruce, I haven't done it since. I haven't done it since. I learned my lesson. <laughs> well, and that's okay if you have a wolf tag. Mm-hmm. Then, you yeah, know, you, if I have a wolf tag. But yeah, I, uh, so yeah, Nez Perce National Forest, it's my favorite place. And the Gospel Hump Wilderness is near that area as well, that unit. Two beautiful, beautiful parts of northern, western, northern Idaho. Um, I've had some great experiences up there. I've met some really cool miners up there, older gentlemen that have been mining those those mountainsides for years and generations and swapping stories around campfires and stuff. It's, I can't quite think of anywhere else I'd rather hunt. <laughs> That's up in the panhandle, right? Nope, not quite that far up. Okay. Um, I mean, it could go that far up um, if you went, but it breaks up into different units. So unit 15 is kind of more like Northwest right before you get to the panhandle. This is Bruce Hutchin with a special message about my relationship with Burner.com. Burner HD is a non-lethal pistol that's available now on the web at Burner.com. If you go to the web and use my promo code LTD2020, you're going to get a 10% discount on all Burner products. So again, Let's Talk Deer has a discount promo code LTD2020 for all Burner products. Go check them out. They're great. Maybe someday. I've never hunted Idaho. I should probably. I fly fish. I've done a lot of fishing in Idaho, but never hunted Idaho. Mm -hmm. So for the ladies listening to the show, what do they need in order to go DIY solo in the backcountry? What do they need? Um, Just courage. Just uh, believe in yourself and and don't be afraid to work um, and work hard. I think for me, um, I'm kind of a a mountain gypsy, I guess you could say. I love exploring. I love going outside of my comfort zone and pushing myself a little bit further. Um, But I think if there's a woman who wants to get out there, and I mean, I don't have someone that can hunt with me. I don't. I hunt by myself. Um, I, all my friends are from out of state that hunt. And so when I go, I have, I have no choice but to go alone. But on top of that, you know, prepare yourself, teach teach yourself little tiny survival techniques that are going to make the difference. Um, you know, and, and spend time in learning how to start a fire, you know, appropriately learning how to scout, um, reading maps. I, I use Onyx maps, but I always have a topographical map with me as well. don't be afraid to ask for help. Don't be too prideful to go to somebody who's more experienced um, and say, hey, this is what I really want to do. Can you give me some advice and what would be a good route? Or, and then really familiarize yourself with equipment. Find you know, good, good gear to outfit yourself that works for you, that's comfortable. Um, and then just get out there. Don't make excuses. Don't hesitate. In fact, I worked for an archery range out here in Idaho called um, um, Dead on Archery for a summer to help pay for my gear. And this woman came in with her husband, and I said, I, he had his bow, and I hollered at her. I said, oh, are you here to buy your bow? And she says, oh, no, I just don't have time. You know, as much as I'd love to, I've got five kids, and I just don't have time. And 
I grinned ear to ear and I said, oh, you don't have time. Well, let me introduce myself <laughs> and um, shared with her my story. And I said, it's, I, I said, either you want to do this with your husband and you want to experience this or you don't. That's what it boils down to. Anyway, um, she got super excited and reached out to me recently because she ended up buying a boat. So, um, and she's out there hunting with her husband now. But I think don't sell yourself short. Take time to educate yourself. Don't put yourself in the mountains if you don't know what you're doing. Um, you wouldn't, you know, here, just because someone's had heart surgery doesn't mean that they're qualified to do heart surgery. You know, just because you've been in the mountains with your boyfriend or husband or partner or friends or you've watched YouTube videos doesn't mean that you're ready to do it. You know, apply yourself, learn, educate yourself practice with, you know, your bow or your gun or whatever it is that you're using um, and just start. Don't keep putting it off because you're afraid. Fear never got anyone anywhere but stuck. Like our country's stuck right now. It's too much. Just a little bit stuck. Too much fear. That's why I keep going off to the mountains every weekend. I'm going up to uh, Feathersville this weekend um, to scout for bears because I want to be somewhere where people don't look at me sideways for not wearing a mask. <laughs> Uh, let's just breathe can the whole country just breathe just and, a little bit uh, would be nice right <laughs> oh let's just breathe i wanted i wanted to take my wife to glenwood springs to the to the hot pools and i said eh, are they open or not open and glenwood springs is just iconic place great hotels great restaurants just a neat place and they got these hot springs that are really therapeutic and so I called and they go, no, we don't know where we're going to open. And I'm going, uh, and, well, yeah. And that's the way it is. I mean, yeah, and it's just a time that we have to be positive in, in, in talking with you the last hour or so, you know, there's such a positive person. And if everybody read your book up to this chapter, they go, no way could this right. girl have, have gotten here and, as we said before, not become a train wreck herself. And, you know, we talked about, you know, your faith, your faith in God and your father, mm -hmm. your heavenly father, that has enabled you to do that. And one thing mm -hmm. I know through this pandemic, a lot of times, it'll either draw you closer to God or it'll push you away. And, um, right. you know, that's, that's my two cents. That's my two cents on that. And cause I know I wouldn't be alive today without somebody watching out for me. And right. I call yeah. that, I call that person, you know, God, God, the father. And, um, it's just an interesting ride. And, and here we are, as we were talking offline, you know, here we are, and we were talking about everything except hunting, mm -hmm. uh, and we're talking about some personal things we're not going to get into, but it's just amazing the fortitude, the persistence, the dedication, and your outlook and your attitude. I mean, the sky's the limit for for you being a mentor, just a mentor for somebody else. Um, and if somebody else wants to connect with you, how do they do that, Andy? Um, just through my Instagram, just the Mountain Phoenix. And, uh, and we can communicate that way. And, you know, it's the, 
a lot of the times, Bruce, what I see happens in people's lives is they become chronically ill because they complain. And they want to complain that their life isn't going the way they want it to. They want to complain that they don't have the money they want. They want to complain that they don't have the, the job or or the status or the health in their in their in their body that they want or whatever it may be. People were so good at complaining. Um, and, and it's not to say that it's not warranted. Sometimes we need a, a, to vent. We need a sounding board. But at the end of the day, what separates the victor from the victim is the person that's willing to hang up that, hang up that hat and put on the work hat and say, okay, well, there's nothing I can do about this situation other than make it better. Um, when I was about eight, I went to make lunch for my siblings and there was no food. We had a little bit of bologna that had gone moldy, and I had to scrape it and cut it and fry it, and that's what they ate. And I just thought to myself, well, what if I went to work? Hmm, just this instinct to nurture and to take care of my family just kicked in. And I went to this local gas station, and I asked the lady there if I could pull weeds. And I remember the look that she gave me, Bruce. It was just full of pity, and she says, how much do you need, sweetie? And I looked this woman dead in the eye and I said, my mom and dad don't work and it don't work for them. (laughs) And I said, I want to work. Can I pull weeds? So she took me around the back and I pulled weeds all day. She brought me a Sprite and a push pop. You know, this was the 90s and gave me $50. And then I walked to the nearest market and I got ravioli and top ramen as much as I, top ramen, as much as I could carry home because I was very little, very malnourished. And I split that between my siblings for as long as we could have food. And that gratification that came from su- for supplying that to my family and taking care of them never left. And I never, ever, I've been working as, since the second grade. And whenever life throws me a curveball, I may not always hit it out of the park. Sometimes I completely strike out and I land flat on my back from swinging too hard. <laughs> but I always get back up. And I always believe that your life, gives back what you put into it and if all you're going to do is complain about your life then all you're going to get back is things worthy of complaining about um and so I I don't think it's a matter of just having fortitude and strength I think sometimes it's a mental game of having faith in God and knowing that you're fully capable of doing more than you convince yourself that you can't um and so every time I go hunting, it's frustrating, it's exhausting, it's tiring. Um, but I know when that day comes, when I finally tag out, I get emotional thinking about it. I get emotional thinking about facing that bull and pulling my bow back and everything that I've worked hard to get to that moment. And I know my brother will be there in spirit with me. I know God will be there cheering me on. and. Every moment leading up to that, all the work put in will just make that that experience one for the books. Um, and that's the same attitude I put into my kids and I put into my home and my health and, and my spirituality and my relationships with other people. I'm going to work at it until it's as successful and amazing as it can possibly be. Any questions, folks? This is an amazing, amazing lady. And um, I just, you know, I'm honored to know you. And we met in the digital world. And I said, hey, you know, 
Mount uh-huh. Phoenix, you know, why don't you get on the show? Um, and she said, okay. And it's, 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 it's been the best part of the show aren't, aren't the show actually, but that's a, that's a discussion for another time. But mm-hmm. anyway, this was a and, divine appointment. <laughs> divine appointment. It surely was. Mm-hmm. Well, folks, I'm going to wrap up this segment of Let's Talk Deer with Andy Munson, the Mountain Phoenix. Thank you, Andy. You're welcome. <laughs>